0: Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out weknowpodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, weknowpodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. have ever been helped more by a music video than OK Go. They had faith in their own music when their record label didn't, and they took advantage of internet virality to launch their career. Unique, eye-catching videos continue to be their thing, but the choreographed treadmill routine of Here It Goes Again will forever be the legacy of the band among people who only know them in passing. Is it worth going the extra mile to listen to more of their music though? Stay tuned to find out.
1: Should've
0: known,
1: should've known again But here it goes again uh, Oh, oh it goes again One hit is all you need To make the money guaranteed And you can live off royalties Forever And it makes me
0: wonder Is it just a wonder Or is it one So Dave, you're the host of the Maximum Mediocrity podcast, and I gotta ask, is that why you picked OK Go today? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think actually they're a really good band, but you know, <laughs> what made you choose this OK Go Here It Goes Again song today? You a fan? Yes, I, I
2: am a fan, and my, my fandom started with this video right. uh, I did, and this song. I didn't even know that it was like a big deal, uh, like I never realized that it was like a one-hit wonder comp- Competitor until uh, until this podcast. I, I I just love. There's something I love about people just doing stuff by themselves, like without yes. a lot of big money behind it. I think this video really shows that, and the video that I think is completely indistinguishable from the song at this point.
0: Right? Does the music video overshadow the song? Because of course I remember the music video. It made an impression on everybody, but. It took me today going back and watching the video again to be like, okay, yeah, I kind of remember the song too. But it, it is it is a recognizable song, but that's this might be the first band I would think this about where the the videos, their videos. It's amazing that this was their one like mainstream hit cuz they've made so many amazing music videos. That's become their thing.
1: Yeah. And the music is pretty good. So so it's this weird thing, right? Like, okay, go kind of was the first viral music video that I can think of. Because this was predating YouTube when Here It Goes Again like started to blow up, or it was the very early stages of YouTube. Because the A Million Ways music video was not available on YouTube originally. It was like some other video streaming site, the video that came out before this one. But yeah. on the one hand, OK Go kind of led to this whole thing of like doing these big, crazy music videos on YouTube, but I think it was also like 10 years before Billboard started counting YouTube views as like things that you would register towards the amount of streams and the amount of radio play and stuff. So it's like if the Rube Goldberg music video, say, came out in 2019, that would probably, just based on its views, probably would have been a top 10 hit by based on how many people were watching that video all in the same week that it dropped. But since this was before Billboard would count that it means nothing. <laughs> like it was like a video <laughs> that people watched like something like 50 million times that like means nothing on their billboard standing or their charting history. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, we're we're obviously going to talk about music videos a lot in this episode. But Dave, do you like this song? What do you think about this song? What are your thoughts?
2: I actually really like the song and I think that's what makes the video have so much success and why that it's it's stuck around and why it was such a big deal is because the song does stand on its own. I never even knew. I'm gonna admit, uh, it wasn't until doing research for this that I actually knew what the song was about. I thought, could you guess? Like, do you guys want to guess what you think it's about just before, like, digging into the lyrics?
0: You know what? I have no. I never thought about it. I thought it. I thought of it as. I don't mean this in a bad way, really, but I thought of it as like kind of throwaway, generic lyrics that were catchy to sing. I didn't know there was like. Some sort of deep meaning to to this song, but tell tell me, enlighten me. I always
2: thought that the song was about like getting through it. You know, it was about picking yourself up. Here it goes again, but we're gonna get through it. I thought it was kind of an anthem to the to the everyman. But actually, it's a song about falling in love uh, for a one night stand.
1: Well, and there's, I think OK Go doesn't get a lot of credit sometimes for for their lyrical content. And I want to talk about real quick before this song. I, I want to talk about something in their history before this song, because there's a key part to this that I think makes a lot of sense with everything else about OK Go before we even analyze these lyrics. So Chris, I'm not sure how much you researched about the history of OK Go, but I predict that by the, by the end of this episode, you are going to be a huge fan of OK Go's creative output I, and their I, creative I already,
0: drive. I already am. And by the way, Matt, before you get into that, for people who are listening right now, there might be people out there being like, why do you guys keep talking about the music video? Well, for anyone who might be unsure about that, it's a music video where it's just a single camera setup, probably cost nothing to make, minus having six treadmills in the room, mm-hmm. whether they could have filmed it at a gym, who knows. But the effort that was put in to the choreography of... The way they dance on the treadmills is amazing. Okay. I could see that being months of work put into that. It's it's impressive. It's all one shot. So of course, it was one of the first viral music videos in the era of like sharing music videos that, that I could remember. They had one before this that was just a dance routine. Yeah, I think. So we're gonna, gonna get into out. this
1: because there's there's so much to unpack before. Here it goes again, even happens. So the origins of this band date back to the lead singer and bassist being 11 years old meeting at an art camp. And their name is from when they were 11 years old at this art camp. They had an art teacher who was always stoned. And the way that he would let them know it was time to draw was he would go, okay, go. And that would be the sign that these 10-year-olds could start drawing. Even though they lived in completely different cities, since they were 11, they would send mixtapes to each other in the mail of the music that they were listening to. And that's like what brought them together in musical styles. And once they both graduated high school, they moved to Chicago to live together and get a band built. It was seven years of them exchanging musical ideas before they ever formed a band and hit the ground running. Like From everything I read, it was like, these dudes... Fucking hustled. So the first year in Chicago as a band, they were able to open up for Elliott Smith, Sloan and the promise ring and built such a strong presence that Ira glass personally asked them to be the house band for this American life. Wow. All in their first year through all of that, they got an opportunity to tour with. They might be giants. I think that their relationship with, they might be giants is the most crucial piece of the puzzle of everything that happens with. Okay. Go Since, because I think that that is a band that while they don't sound like they might be giants, I can see them being the biggest musical influence. I can hear, I can hear that
0: influence. I can hear it in their music.
1: They get signed to Capitol Records. They release their debut album, and they have this single "Get Over It." And I remember hearing "Get It Over It." I remember watching on MTV Two. It was one of my favorite songs at that that particular year in two thousand two. It's a great song. Sounds nothing like "Here It Goes Again," but. Through that, the label got them, put them on tour with Phantom Planet, Superdrag, The Donnas, and Fountains of Wayne—all bands that you can kind of hear a little bit of that influence in their sound yep. as well. Yeah. Um, and the song was featured in various like NFL and hockey games that came out that year, but it made no impact in the United States. So they put out this second album called Oh No. From the beginning they were like here it goes again is the single and the label disagreed with them labels like that is not the single so the label financed three big budget music videos that did absolutely nothing here comes this dancing video that you're talking about the a million ways so the lead singer's sister is a famous hollywood choreographer who went on to direct like the pitch perfect movies and the step up movies so she choreographed this dance for them out back But what they did was that their guitarist, Andy Ross, who's like a tech genius, (laughs) sat down and he invented, designed, and programmed a web app that would allow people to listen to the song a million ways. And if they shared it with their friends, it would exchange it with free iTunes download codes. Wow. So they go out to the backyard, they do this dance choreography, and it becomes the most downloaded video at the time with 9 million downloads. This sets the stage for Here It Goes Again. Because, again, the label doesn't believe in them. And they're like, you know what? This Dancing in the Backyard video did pretty okay. What can we do with, like, 300 bucks? And their answer was, buy treadmills and choreograph a dance. (laughs) So, like, what you're seeing is literally the lead singer's garage with a blanket hung up in the back. (laughs) And them just dancing in his garage on these treadmills it took them 17 takes to get it perfectly the previous video was the most downloaded video at 9 million views this was the most watched video of all time for years with 53 million views that is like how big of a gap this was from that one to the next
0: well that's a pretty inspiring story i've never heard a path like that before it's from <laughs> from summer camp to They might be giants to major label to flop to inventing an app to, uh, (laughs) you know, inventive choreography. It's it's an awesome, awesome story, you know, for sure.
1: And another fun fact that I just love about both of the dancing music videos is that it's actually the bassist lip syncing because the, the vocalist struggled with doing the dance moves and lip syncing simultaneously. But the bassist could do it. So for years, everyone just thought that was the singer of the band, but it's but it's not.
2: You couldn't tell me which one was which. I've never no. seen them play instruments.
1: <laughs> no, me neither.
0: That's what I said. The guy, yeah. bald guy with the glasses. I always assumed that he was like the lead singer and guitarist, but for all I know, that could be the drummer. That's I'm, the bassist. Yeah. He's the bassist. That's He's the bassist. The... <laughs> <laughs> Who oh, it is? Okay.
1: They need to wear name tags. <laughs> yeah. There There's one other major piece to the puzzle that uh, I wanna talk about with OK Go, and it's post Here It Goes Again, which I think is equally fucking awesome. And like, you know, we talk about punk rock, this is again to me is punk rock. So they put out their third album, and they have two fairly successful music videos with WTF and This Too Shall Pass. This Too Shall Pass is also kind of just known as the Rube Goldberg music video. Amazing. It's a fucking amazing music video. So good. Fans complained because they could only watch the video on YouTube. The record label at the time had it that you could not share YouTube links. You couldn't embed it. You couldn't do anything. And fans were getting annoyed because they couldn't post the video on Facebook or MySpace or anything. They just could send a link to someone to take somebody to the YouTube page. The lead singer of OK Go wrote a letter To the fans, and was basically like, Here's all the bullshit policies. This label doesn't understand how the internet works. It doesn't understand how things successfully go viral. Blah, 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 blah. I'm so sorry that you can't share this video. And then he secretly embedded an embedded code for them to be able to share on their pages in his open letter that he sent out to the fans, directly defying the record labels requests which led to them getting dropped and then just starting their own indie label instead wow (laughs) fucking legendary (laughs) yeah i
0: mean i by all accounts this is one of the best backstories of a band that we've ever had (laughs) on this podcast and i think it's every step of the way this band carved their own path and you know with everything that in my life i've tried to do or whatever i always felt that way like i was trying to carve my own path and that is the ultimate success story to that. But why don't I listen to them? <laughs> is, <laughs> is the, only, the only thing I'm asking is, in preparation for this episode, I went and dug in all those music videos. And yeah, the Rube Goldberg one, amazing. The one with the dogs is amazing. There, oh, yeah. y- You could go down the rabbit hole of OK Go videos and your mind will be blown.
1: And you'll smile. I smiled all night last night watching oh, these yeah. videos because they're... They just feel good. Did you? So the song this too shall pass is the Rube Goldberg video, but they actually did two music videos. And the second one is them performing it live with a marching band in a field. Oh, I love that one. And like, I just had a big goofy smile on my face cause it's just like these there's just four dudes playing marching drums. And singing a song that they wrote and have a huge marching band like doing this giant elaborate performance behind them. And it's just like you can see the joy on their faces that like they are absolutely 100% doing what they love. Which one is your favorite music video? Oh, it that's... might be the Rube Goldberg one. I've watched that video so many times.
0: It's That one is impressive. But the treadmill, man, I think that – here it goes again. The one we're talking about today, I think that's the one that set the path and then gave them the resources. Because all the ones that followed, they still are that same concept of it's one-shot video, and it's very inventive. But I think they had a lot more money, you know, to have other people involved. Like that that Rube Goldberg device one, that was sponsored by State Farm. Like State Farm put up the money for that one. And that's going to lead me – something i want to talk about that might be unfair about okay go and why maybe i don't listen to them even though i did add one of their songs today to my playlist i'm gonna try to start listening to them and get into them because i should like this band in fact i should love this band their story's amazing their songs are pretty catchy and i'm like why don't i love this why, why don't I? And Dave, you can speak to this. Do you listen to this band a good bit? Do you love this band? Do you just do you, or do you just kind of think like, oh, this band is good? What is your I want to know your your backstory on OK Go? I've definitely listened to every
2: song at least once. And they are kind of their hits are consistently in my rotation. Definitely think that I listen to the Oh No album the most, but even the one after that, The Blue Color of the Sky, I believe it's called, that one's got bangers on it too. Uh, I wouldn't
0: say I know every song, but uh, but yeah, I've dabbled. So here's my theory of why I don't listen to them. And okay, go guys, if you're listening, you're super inspiring. Your band's really good. Your music videos are amazing. I would love to follow in your footsteps, but here's why I think I don't listen to them. <laughs> what what year is this song from, Matt? What year is Here It Goes Again?
1: So Here like, It Goes Again is 2006.
0: Okay. So then I saw that a lot of those other music videos, the Rube Goldberg, whatever, 2010 seemed to be a year that a lot of them came out. Yeah. And I think at that time, okay, go I guess we would call them an indie rock band.
1: They juggled so many sounds. Every album sounds so different. Like the last album they put out in 2012 is basically an Electrica album. Like it's all synthesizers.
0: So you're saying they're electronic as well. But okay, that aside, they're indie rock, but very polished at the same time to the point where I feel like their music kind of is in this realm of a lot of songs that were used in commercials on tv during a certain era like for example i would think of this song in the same vein as this is a song i really don't like but in the same vein as that i can make your hands clap 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 you know that song oh yeah fits in the tantrums i think it is or like at a certain point there were car commercials using like phoenix songs and stuff in them and once a song starts to get used in commercials on tv by big corporations it really for me loses a lot
1: of me wanting to listen to it and that might be an unfair take i think that that might be an unfair take (laughs) because i think so here's here's another thing this is going to I'm going to win you back, Chris. I'm going to win you back because I know you. They took a lot of corporation money to make these music videos. State Farm did the Rube Goldberg. Uh, They did an awesome Super Bowl commercial for Chevrolet called Needing Getting, which had over 47 million views. It's an awesome video. That's my favorite. Yeah, they were sponsored by Range Rover, Yahoo, Costco, Samsung, and Google Chrome. But here's, here's something to win you over, Chris. Strap in. Two days before Donald Trump was inaugurated as president, The band released a cover of Morrissey's song, Interesting Drug, and released a music video that was just a series of pictures and videos of Trump and people in his party while they repeated the lyrics, there are some bad people on the rise. The video ends with the message, it's a difficult time, but anger and fear aren't the answer work to make the world a better place and then listed the ALU the Climate Reality Project, the Immigration Defense Project, Planned Parenthood and the Human Rights Project as suggested organizations that they think that their listeners should volunteer and donate to and then pushed everyone to please please vote in 2018 2020. So while they do take corporate money, they also I think put their skill set to good use. Um, In early 2020, the lead singer and his wife got COVID. And they, uh, when he was done his recovery, wrote a song called All Together Now, and filmed a video that was a tribute to the healthcare workers. And all of the proceeds from that song went to the Partners in Health project as well. So as much as yes, they are taking these big corporate Dollars to make these extremely polished music videos for their extremely polished sounding songs. They are also, I think, humanitarians. I think that there is a very strong chance that a band that's taking that much money from that many corporates would just stay neutral and try not to rock any boat. And I I applaud them for being like, no, we're going to stand up for what we believe in because we have an audience that's listening to us.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I think all you're proving here, Matt, is that I'm an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm an asshole for not listening to OK Go because they they are good. Like, the songs are really good. And on top of that, I play in a band who has polished recordings and and would probably want to tour with them. And, like, it's very unfair of me who listens to nothing but polished <laughs> music. Like, <laughs> all, all, of my, all of my unfair takes about them are based on like such bullshit that i that hey man you know i realize when i'm wrong sometimes <laughs> any preconceived notions i had about okay go which weren't necessarily bad i thought the shit they did was cool as hell i just questioned why don't i listen to this band that was my main question why don't i listen to them and Part of that could honestly be that, like, I've just been playing rock music for so long that at some point, like, it took something completely, like, out of left field for me to be interested in a polished, straight-up rock song, and that's just on me, you know? So I think that's what it could be.
1: And obviously, you're one of my best friends, and you're in a band that's one of my favorite bands. I legit could hear Punchline being the band that wrote some of the OK Go songs. Like, yeah, they are I mean, so close in the same yeah, sound and genre and everything.
0: That <laughs> could be my issue with them. They sound too much like my own yep. band.
2: <laughs> you're listening to it and you're like, I could have done that. <laughs> yeah. That could have yeah, been me.
1: Right. So I want to jump back to the the reason why I got on the whole history of, of OK Go and specifically the They Might Be Giants influence was we were talking about the lyrics and what the meaning of Here It Goes Again is. And I think that the first verse... First of all, it feels so much like some They Might Be Giants lyrics, which is, it could be 10, but then again, I can't remember a half an hour since a quarter to four, which is totally a, like a They Might Be Giants type lyric. Totally. Yeah, it
0: is.
2: What's up, everyone? This is Jay Reason, and I want to let you all know that Diablo Zen Podcast is now part of the Sound Talent Media family. Listen in as me and the one and only Danny Diablo, a.k.a. Lord Ezak, interview artists from the hardcore punk, metal, hip-hop scenes, and beyond. We have conversations with guests like actor Peter Green, DJ Muggs from Cypress Hill, L.A. street photographer Estevan Oriol, Jimmy G from New York City's legendary Murphy's Law, and pro wrestler Vampiro, to name a few. If you're a fan of good discussions and lots of laughs, tune in and join the fun.
0: I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy, and getting to eat restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's Delicious, Ready to Eat Meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So, what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals slash one hit fifty and use the code one hit fifty to get fifty percent off That's code one hit fifty the words one hit and the number fifty that is at factormeals dot com slash one hit fifty to get fifty percent off
1: but then the second line of that verse that I love is throwing your clothes the second side of surfer rosa and you leave me with your jaw on the floor so surfer rosa is a famous pixies Pixies, album pixies album so what's on the second side of surfer rosa you know funny enough it's actually (laughs)
2: the famous pixies song where is my mind matt thank you for asking
1: i mean i think that that says a lot about what you're saying with the song where it's like it's a song about falling in love with with a one night stand and I think that there, I think there's a reason why he says the second side of Surfer Rosa is the idea of like falling in love with a one night stand. You're probably like, what am I fucking thinking? Like, yes. where is my mind right now? Are, are any of you guys any good at one night stands at all? Never. Never. <laughs> you know,
0: I, I feel like I'm, I'm really putting myself out there, but I don't know if I've had one come on chris you've had to no i don't know i you know what i always end up really if i if i care enough to like hook up with somebody i end up actually liking them (laughs) you know like that's I don't know.
1: I had a brief period of one-night stands in my life, and I hated every second of it. It's not yeah. It's not the lifestyle for me.
2: I just imagine Rough Road Matt just finding new women <laughs> yeah, every night. <laughs> every
1: night.
0: <laughs> you can't hold that man down. What about you, yeah. Dave? What, what about you, Dave? The Kelly's on the loose. What's your experience <laughs> with one-night stands? I've had a few one-night
2: stands, and they are both in this song. I've had one- That was like, it was somebody totally out of my league. I mean, them, it was charity work is really what they were doing for me. They should have got a tax credit, but left me completely like stunned. Then I started sleeping with one of my roommates one time, uh, and now we're engaged.
0: (laughs) So that wasn't a one night stand. (laughs) But are you saying at the time it was, and then later it it became more? Okay.
2: And I was the one that caught feelings, which is exactly what this song's about.
0: Right. (laughs) It's yeah, about catching I can re- those feelings. Right. I can relate to this. Like, like I said, any anytime in my in my life I was in that situation, it was like, I don't know if I'm just that <laughs> romantic or whatever. I find it impressive when people can just bang and then be like, well, that was fun. I'm gonna be on my way. I feel like yeah. there's something, <laughs> there's something with me where, yeah, there has to be a certain am- amount of feelings for there to be attractiveness to want to i mean i feel like somebody at some point's gonna like call me out and go chris you're full of shit don't you remember this and i'm gonna be like oh yeah or what? but <laughs> don't you remember warp tour
2: 2006
1: I, I, I appreciate no, that no. you were in a band for 25 years touring europe and america and never once there was nothing that started out sleazy something simple something easy
0: i think there are things that maybe started out
1: sleazy and then became
0: My girlfriend, (laughs) you know, like that's all, that's all I'm getting at. But my point being is these lyrics, it's, that's what it's about. So, right. Is that what I'm getting here is
1: like, yo, it's a one night stand, but then you catch feelings, right? Is that what's going on here? Absolutely. Cause then, yeah, you look at the second verse, it starts off, it starts out easy, something simple, something sleazy, something inching past the edge of reserve. Now through the lines of the cheap Venetian blinds, your car, your car is pulling off of the curb. Hey, hey. (laughs) but like, yeah, like I get it. Like, it's like, okay, it starts off with like, hey, this is just like this like quick sleazy thing. But now I'm like looking out the window, watching your car drive away. Like, oh, I wish you were staying.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's, pretty cool. I wouldn't have guessed that that's what this song was about. I was too busy looking at the treadmills, which is a question I have for you guys. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's not the commercialization of, you know, the corporations and, like, hearing their music and their contemporaries in car commercials and stuff. Maybe it's That The music videos overshadow the music to the point where it's like, I'm not paying attention to the song. I'm just paying attention to the music video. Maybe
1: they're a distraction to the lyrics almost.
0: And I think that it's very
2: easy to write off a a song that has like this really flashy music video as just being just that. Like it's just there for the clicks. It's just there for the views. And it's time to move on. It almost uh,
1: like delegitimizes it a little bit. And I can understand that as well. I mean, I'll bring up a video that I know Chris loves. But, like, I've even heard someone make the argument, I think it was Rap Critic made the argument, that, like, as amazing as the song This Is America is, like, if you didn't have that music video and you were just listening to that song based on the music and the lyrics, would you have gotten what the message of the song was without that very in-your-face music video really showing, like, what was the deeper thing that Glover was trying to get to with that song. And it's an interesting question because you you can't really answer it because your everyone's first exposure was through that music video. So, like, the context of the song was, like, right there in front of you.
0: That example, that is a pretty – I always use this word, but th- the song itself is pretty avant-garde. It's like this yeah. <laughs> hard-hitting bass that shakes your car, and then the bass is completely taken away, and it's like a party, and then the bass kicks back. Yeah, that that song – It's a very unique song. I don't know any other songs that sound like that, but would I have gotten the commentary on the state of America from the song itself without the imagery of that music video? I don't know. Minus the line, "This is America." Yeah. Okay, goes a completely different situation. Completely
1: different situation. Because they're just they're the same. honestly, yeah, exactly they're just the trying same. to make
0: us happy. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I mean, you know what? I look at them on treadmills and I think I should have a one-night stand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so the guitarist, their lead guitarist, wasn't the original guitarist for the band. He showed up kind of after the after "Oh No" was recorded, and when they when he auditioned, they asked him if he was okay doing like choreographed dances in the band. And man that yes went a long fucking way. Didn't yeah. It?
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, ma- yeah, imagine if he he have said no. I mean, it's amazing how to this day people are spellbound by dancing. It's always, you know, and it, it makes me say like, man, maybe Maybe my band should have danced. <laughs> we, you know, we, maybe maybe that should have been our thing. At one point, we did do a very basic choreographed dance on national TV. I will say, I will say, the punchline did do that at one point. You can barely call it a dance. It was more like a little <laughs> a little jazz hands routine or something. I don't little, know what it little was.
1: Little
0: two but step. Yeah, I, I wish it had. It involved more feet stuff. But dancing is not going away. What do we love about? dancing so much i think that it's that it's dance is objectively impressive because everybody
2: has a body and everybody can't dance right so seeing somebody that can just like can do that no matter how hard it is it's everybody looks at that and goes yep i was not going to get up from the
0: couch to try right yeah i mean i think that that's a a a very huge thing for OK go and maybe (laughs) the dancing is missing when i'm listening to just their music i don't that but their, their music is Danceable. The main thing I'm taking away from this right now is I've, I've released a lot of unfair takes about OK Go. The main thing I'm taking away from today is I am going to dive into OK Go moving forward. And what's ironic about this is every day I run on the treadmill. And today, when I run, I didn't run yet today. I usually have already run, but we've been recording podcasts. I'm going to run to OK Go on the treadmill today and see what that experience is like. Is it's it, going to feel so right. This album, this album called Oh No, that this song is on, is that right? Yes, I, that is what I'm going to listen to today. I can't wait to to experience it. I, I it could be interesting.
1: I mean, I'm going to tell you my two big recommendations. This Too Shall Pass, which again, the Rube Goldberg music video. That song as a standalone song is an awesome song. And as I mentioned before, their very first single, Get Over It, I think that song's a fucking banger. (laughs) And I'm still mad that that song wasn't a huge hit.
2: I'm also going to recommend Needing Slash Getting because I heard that song on the record before I watched the music video and I fell in love with it with that first. So I know it stands up by itself.
0: Well, also one more thing that we got to talk about before we before we end here. So we're calling this a one-hit wonder, even though they've obviously had a lot of very popular viral music videos, but none of those other songs charted. Am I correct? Now, when I say charted, this song peaked at number 38 on the Billboard Hot 100, and that is the highest any of their songs ever went, correct?
1: They they only had one other song to even crack the top 100, and it was at like 79 and it's a song that I don't know by them. <laughs> like, wow. It was off their last album in 2012, so I think I think it may have been the first and only song of theirs that like had the connective tissue
0: of this song. Uh, yeah. You know, when this song was number 38 the number one song was Sexy back by Justin Timberlake. But there were some other songs in the charts at that time, which were kind of in the same world in a way, like Move Along by All American Rejects was was in there at number 28, a little bit above them. That song's kind of in the same world of polished pop rock song, as is uh, I Write Sins, Not Tragedies by Panic the Disco was up there. And also a song we covered on here recently, Crazy by Narls Barkley. So there was actually like some pretty cool rock-ish songs, rock-pop-ish songs in the charts at that time. It's not like you're looking at these charts and it's like all Justin Timberlake-like stuff. You know, there was some rock in there. 2006, not, not a bad time for music when I look back at it.
1: Yeah, it was not not terrible. I mean, one of the songs that you did skip over in my notes because it's a god-awful song, but I think we're going to have to cover it one of these days was Hinder, Lips of an Angel.
0: We don't (laughs) even know that song.
1: Oh, it's It's a bad one. Well,
0: guys, I think we... I mean, I kind of feel like I know what everybody's already going to say. Is this song... Did this song bring the one-hit thunder or is it a one-hit blunder? The only caveat to this is... Dude... This is almost a no-hit wonder. peaking at number 38, like that's a I mean, I know we've we've done pavement on here. We've done we've done songs that were also in this range of like, is did they have a hit at all? Like, cause we're talking about hits when you're talking about songs like Take On Me, and you're talking about these enormous even like we just mentioned, even Gnarls
1: Barkley Crazy. That was like a phenomenon of a song in 2006 whereas this was i think on the flip side i do think it counts as a hit from the cultural standpoint of like similar to like a gundam style like that music video has been parodied on everything the simpsons so many cartoons have done their version of this where they're playing the song in the background while they're recreating the video like it was, the the video was such a cultural phenomenon that they didn't even perform the song at the VMAs. They just did the treadmill dance <laughs> at the VMAs. <laughs> like.
0: It's such a fun, it's a, such a fun path for a, <laughs> for a band. And even, it's almost like they're bigger than a band. They're just like a creative force in every aspect. Music, and music, they'd probably be pissed if they heard me say this, but it feels like music isn't even the number one like thing they're best at i think they're a really good band and i'm gonna find out how good of a i'm gonna dig in i think they're a really good band but i think that as entertainers in general they they might be even stronger you know they ascended yeah just, just entertainers
1: and you you know to go back to the idea that they were getting corporate sponsorships for these music videos like really can you blame either side of that you know what i mean like it's like Hey, can you blame a band who just got dropped from their record label but has an opportunity to p- just continue to be a band because major companies want to sponsor their music videos? But then, like the flip side is like, can you blame a sponsorship that sees a band that so clearly understands how to make something a viral success and not pay them a bunch of money well, to like plaster your your company's icon on on their next project? Like, yeah,
0: I mean, this might be everything about them. They're a creative. So they're a creative powerhouse they carved their own path they're still a band they're they've done everything i could ever hope and dream to accomplish in the world of music and entertainment they're amazing questionable whether this is considered a hit but that aside very <laughs> very I don't know if petty is the right word of me, but yeah, Matt, of course it won me over that as a band they spoke out against Trump. Like, of <laughs> course, of course, <laughs> uh, of course of course. when Trump is uh, rising to power, I'm like, where's Bruno Mars? Where's uh, Drake? Where's all these people that I like their music? Where's Coolio, it? God damn it! Yeah, all these people, <laughs> cool, all these people, ba- even a lot of bands are like, keeping their mouth shut because they probably are worried about losing fans i so respect when a band would speak out against hate and things like yeah as a band like i love that i can't help it and i and i know that that should be separate from the sonic quality of the music and the the melodies and the the uh the emotion of the songwriting that should be a separate thing but for me it's hard to separate that i mean i'm just a person you know i i'm taking the whole package in and i think this is i mean i know i talked a little shit throughout this episode but this band is absolutely one of the most thunderous bands that we've probably covered on this podcast i I would say
1: i'm inclined to agree i i want to just real quickly reference a quote that i just happened to catch um in 2014 the lead singer was being interviewed by rolling stone Um, And they asked him, why did the band continue to make so many quirky videos following the success of here it goes again. And he said that they were really worried that they would end up being a one hit wonder. And they decided they could go in one of two directions. They could either try to outrun it like Radiohead did with creep, or they could just embrace it. And they decided to just embrace it. (laughs) Fucking more power to them. Like, I think that we've talked about that a million times before on this show. Like, you know what? I also love the bands that don't hate their hit. They they get that they've been given a golden opportunity. They take that golden ticket, and they they go and do something with it. So, I mean, obviously, I've, I've been, like, the big fanboy of them since the second we hit record. So, yeah, Thunder from me, and I think, Dave, you going to oh, surprise us?
2: Absolutely <laughs> thunderous over here. And yeah. and to piggyback on, off what you said there about about when when you get the thing that works I think the best thing you can do is just lean into it hard and they leaned into it and they've had careers ever since
0: Yeah imagine if after this success of this music video and song they would have made their next three music videos would have just been them like looking cute and playing their instruments you know like that would have been probably the end of their career but instead yeah. they were like oh we probably they probably made some money you know, that's a lot of plays. They had some money to then take what they do to the next level. A better camera. Uh, hiring, you know, that Rube Goldberg device at the end of the video, they show all the people involved. There's a lot of people involved in that music video yeah. to make that thing happen. And, yeah, they they leaned into it. And, yeah, that, that's awesome. It's really, really awesome. And, and I haven't – I'm not even – Deep enough into their catalog to know, Matt. You said they got into more electronic elements. Maybe on the music side, I'm not saying they're Radiohead, but maybe on the music side, they did progress as well. I'm not, who's to say they
1: didn't? I think so. This jumped into my head when I watched the marching band video that they did for This Two Shall Pass is like that video their bassist is playing a xylophone, their lead singer is playing a marching bass drum, their drummer is playing a marching snare and cymbal, and their lead guitarist is playing an accordion. And it made me kind of dig into like, oh, this band is also like a bunch of multi-instrumentalist dudes who can like play multiple different sounds. So I think that as you get into those later records, it is them just expanding like hey, what else can we fucking play? Hey, you know how to play the synthesizer? Let's just load that shit up on this album. So I I appreciate a band that feels like it's very um, connectively, like four dudes who clearly love each other, who clearly love creating music with each other and like pushing each other creatively, both visually and musically. So, I mean, this is not just me trying to kiss up to you, Chris. I do see a lot of similarities with this band and when I like hang out with Punchline and see how it's like, the four of you guys clearly care about each other and like to push each other musically to like yeah, expand the these, sound. These
0: guys look like they're having fun yeah. in the stuff they're doing. And, yeah. and honestly, anything you do creatively, if it's not fun, then why are you doing it? Yep. You know, if, if you're doing it to like try to get rich or something, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. It seems like, you know, the clever lyrics of this song and everything they do, they do is great. And uh, speaking of... Creating things. Dave, at the beginning of the episode, I mentioned that you host a podcast called Maximum Mediocrity. Would you please let the listeners know what the podcast is all about? Absolutely. Uh, I make
2: the Maximum Mediocrity podcast with uh, my friend and co host Morgan, uh, where we interview people that aren't famous but should be. And Honestly, okay go fits into that so well yeah I was just gonna say that I would love to have them if they ever want to come on the show uh, but yeah that's what we do we we interview people that that choose like skill and interesting stories over the over their own fame and uh usually we get them pretty trash and get all the juicy gory details out of them
0: <laughs> nice dude I, you couldn't have picked a better song slash band to relate to your own podcast than than okay go and, yeah dude that, that'd be the perfect example it's like the this band you know them by the routines the videos whatever but as individual people do any of us know any of their names i had to write or, them down i did not no, well no you didn't know <laughs> their names nobody knows their names <laughs> no one does I, for all i know one guy for all i know one guy is o one guy is k one one guy is g one guy is O. o again I, I, you know that's they're they're as a collective they are a well known force but as individuals yeah I feel like any of them could be a guest on what you described your podcast to be as creative people that should be household names is what what I'm probably getting at.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's people that should that should be more famous than they are. And right. that actually had me thinking I'm looking at the at the drummer for OK Go and I'm like he'd probably do an interview.
0: Yeah, I do I can snipe that. I guarantee you these guys <laughs> if we reached out to them that like at least three out of four of them would would probably do it. But uh Thanks for coming on today, Dave. Hey, thank you
2: so much for having me. This was so much fun to do. Even before we hit record, I was having so much fun doing the research. So thank you so much for having me. This was amazing. best time.
1: This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Vefalios of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Greatest Party Ever off the Punchline album Delightfully Pleased. Visit punchline.com for information on future shows, releases, and merchandise. And we're on Patreon now. Visit us at patreon.com backslash ohtpodcast for bonus material early access to episodes and a chance to help decide what songs we discuss in future episodes do you want to hear your song on the show or have an interest in sponsoring an episode contact me at matt at geekscape.net for our rates if you have any interest in podcasting visit we for how matt and chris can make your show sound as professional as possible and let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at one hit at gmail.com make sure to rate review and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app Tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder.
0: You are listening
2: to the Geekscape Network. Hey, you. Do you have any plans this year? <laughs> How's that going? Did you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman.